Well, another school year is about to begin. I personally love this time of year. The students and teachers are fresh and ready to learn. We have all had some time to rejuvenate and reset. And now is the perfect time for us as teachers to set goals for both ourselves and our students. For me, my goal this year is everything literacy instruction. You might be wondering, isn't it a little early to be talking literacy? Absolutely not. In this podcast episode, I'm going to walk you through some easy to implement ideas that you can incorporate into your back to school plans. So let's start the year off right by combining SEL, classroom community, and literacy instruction during that first week of school. Now, I want to start us off with a really powerful quote about the importance of literacy. Literacy is a bridge from misery to hope. It is a tool for daily life in modern society. It is a bulwark against poverty and a building block of development. Now, as many of you know, I am both a classroom teacher and a literacy mentor. So you can imagine how the quote I just mentioned resonates with me. I just find it to be really powerful because it stresses the importance of literacy. This is not just an educational skill. It is a life skill. Now, having said that, I've been very surprised to hear about studies and other research that has really stressed the importance of being able to read and write proficiently. And one of them is that there is a direct correlation between a student's ability to read and their completion of high school. So students are more likely to complete high school and attend college if they're reading at grade level by the third grade. Now, this is not to say that students are guaranteed to drop out if they are below grade level, because as educators, we have the tools to support all students, including those intervention kiddos. However, I do want to start out with the importance of literacy because this is also going to be my primary focus. So along with its importance, this is a goal of mine for this coming school year. Now, you may be wondering how I set this goal, and really, it was because of an opportunity that was presented to me over this past summer. I was fortunate enough to be part of a professional development conference around the science of reading. Therefore, because I did so much research and collaboration in preparation for this conference, I want to be able to share what I learned with all of you this upcoming school year. Now, if you've been following my blog or podcast, you know that I feel very strongly about pushing off the curriculum until at least the third week of school, because in my opinion, back to school is really about getting to know your students, routines, procedures, classroom community, and so on. Having said that, literacy can and should be part of those back to school activities. Oh my gosh, did we hear her right? Is Melody actually suggesting we incorporate skills 
into the first couple weeks of school, I know it sounds crazy, especially if you've tuned in to my post back to school episodes. However, what I'm encouraging us to do is to deliver our content through literacy skills. So we're going to be teaching about SEL. We're going to be teaching about character traits, routines, and procedures. But the strategies that we're using to do so are going to be tied to literacy. Now, you may be wondering what literacy activities should be included in that first week. And the short answer is really anything you want. I would encourage you to think about the literacy strategies that you will regularly use during the school year. And keep in mind that literacy is not just ELA. It also includes science and social studies and even math. Math vocabulary is an important part of a literacy classroom. Once you have created a list of strategies you want your students to be familiar with, try to incorporate those strategies into some getting to know you and classroom community activities. If you're looking for a place to start, you are in the right spot because I'm going to share my top seven literacy activities in just a moment. Let's start with one of my favorites, a notice wonder and inferred chart. Well, let me correct that. It's notice wonder, infer, and sometimes evidence, depending on your grade level. Now, this simple chart, which by the way, you can download a freebie on my blog, so check it out. This simple chart can be used for almost anything. And when I say anything, I mean anything. I've used it in pretty much every subject in grades, kinder, first, fourth, fifth, and sixth. Students are taught to make observations, ask questions, and make inferences. An evidence column can also be added to justify those inferences, again, depending on the grade level that you're teaching. Now, for me, I use this strategy right off the get-go on that first day of school. You know, one of my favorite things about that first day is the anticipation and excitement, not just from the teachers, but also from the students. I love seeing my new classroom family walk in like eager beavers. They can't wait to see where they're seated. They have new school supplies. They're looking around their new classroom home. And all of a sudden, all these questions start popping in their heads. Well, this activity is going to help you as the teacher manage those questions. So what I do is in my class, as soon as the kids walk in, I let them wander around the classroom and jotting down things they see, questions they have, and so on. Now, depending on your grade level, you might want to consider having them use those observations to make inferences about what we may be learning that year. This allows students to, first of all, act on their curiosities regarding the classroom. It also gives them the opportunity to practice a skill that can be used later on in the year, whether you're analyzing a text, learning a new um, science skill, or even if you're uh, learning a new point in history. Whatever topic you're going to be using, a notice, wonder, infer chart is a great strategy. 
Now, when you use this on your first day, there is one thing that's so important. Make sure to teach them the following vocabulary words before you start the activity. I would make sure that they understand the words notice, observe, wonder, question, and infer. A second literacy strategy is actually kind of a combination of ideas. So these teaching strategies are meant for collaboration, are meant for share outs. There's think, pair, share, and oldie but a goodie, turn and talk, and my partner said. Now, if you're not familiar with my partner said, it's a great idea for students who are reluctant to share out in class, especially if they're more on the shy side. Sometimes, especially with those shy kiddos, it can be really difficult to share out in front of a group of kids. However, it is a little less daunting to share someone else's ideas rather than having to share your own. So after talking with a partner or a very small group, perhaps you encourage students, rather than sharing out their own ideas in front of the class, having them share out what their partner said instead. Now, there's another strategy that I want to group in with this second um, literacy skill, and that is something I call a group share. So I have the team leader lead a conversation amongst their group about whatever topic we happen to be discussing. And then that team leader is the one that summarizes the group's ideas during a class discussion. For instance, if we are creating a class graphic organizer or thinking map, more on that later. <laughs> but if we're creating that, then I might have the group discuss first ask the team leader to share maybe in one or two sentences what that group said, and then those ideas are added onto the class chart. Now, all of these tactics are heavily practiced during that first week of school. It could be as simple as during getting to know you activities or as involved as team design challenges, which I do have because that is something that takes a lot of prep. So I've actually done the prep for you. So if you're looking for uh, some team design challenges, check out my either my website, learningandprogress.com. There actually is going to be a new store there, or you can go to my TPT store. The third idea that I want to share with you is the use of graphic organizers during your back-to-school season. Graphic organizers are, in my opinion, an absolute must for the first week of school. For me, I use thinking maps in pretty much every subject throughout the entire year, no matter the grade level. So therefore, I definitely want my students to be familiar with them before we start the curriculum. The key here is to help students get to the point where they can choose their own graphic organizers based on the lesson objectives and or target skills. But how? By using academic vocabulary, here is the golden ticket. I teach my students to look for a specific academic vocab when selecting a graphic organizer. Now, on my blog, I have listed every graphic organizer that I use and then some key academic vocab that are meant to act as clues that will tell students that organizer is most appropriate. So I'm going to go through a few examples with you here. 
Um, circle map is used for define, brainstorm, identify. A bubble map can be used with the words describe, characteristics, qualities, properties. Double bubble map is similar, different, compare, contrast, differentiate. Tree map can be used when we see words like sort, group, list, classify, or categorize. The flow map is really used for sequencing, so summarize, order, and so on. A multi-flow map is awesome for cause and effect, but also pay attention to words like impact, influence, and prediction. A brace map is great for parts, deconstructing, subcategories, and so on. And a bridge map, although not used as often as some of the, some of the other maps, is great for analogies, metaphors, and relating different things to each other. Now, I use graphic organizers when we discuss positive character traits, how to be successful in class, and when learning how to collaborate. And this can look different depending on your activity or can even look different day to day. Sometimes we make class charts, like I discussed earlier. Other times we do a gallery walk where students add to several different organizers. And other times still, students might use their graphic organizers when working alone, in pairs or even in small groups. Really, the possibilities are endless. Here's the fourth idea, and it's a classic, read-alouds. Now, this may be an obvious choice, but really, picture books are a must for any back-to-school season. Although I believe that picture books and mentor text should be included throughout the year, they are ideal for teaching SEL, especially at the start of the school year. What you may not have considered is including vocabulary into these read-alouds. So when I plan a read-aloud, I first preview the book and choose four to five vocabulary words. I then assign emotion to those words to help students remember their meanings. Now, as I'm reading, students do these motions every time they hear those words during the read aloud. Side note, this also helps your students practice active listening because they are constantly trying to listen in to see if they hear those special words. Now, over time, you may consider having students help choose the motions that are tied to those words, especially once you've done this routine several times. It's a great way to have them take ownership. Now, on my blog, I included a list of books and vocabulary words so that you can have a place to start. I'll list some of those words, but just know that if you're looking for a complete guide, check out my blog. The beauty of this is that this procedure can really be used with any subject and with any book later on in the school year. So it's ideal to practice this routine right off the bat. Now, like I said, on my blog, I have those vocab words, but in a separate post, one from last year, I also give um, some other book recommendations for the start of the school year, and they tie into SEL, and there's also some downloadable freebies that I really think you'll find useful. So make sure to check that out, learninginprogress.com. So as promised, I'm going to give some examples of um, a book and some vocab. I'm going to start with a book that I really, truly love, and it's called I Am Love. It's a book of compassion. This is an excellent choice if you're looking to teach your kids about compassion, friendship, and empathy. 
when I read this book to my students, the words that I associate to emotion, in other words, the vocab words that I want them to practice are compassion, tenderness, gestures, and gratitude. Another great back to school book is called All Are Welcome. And this is great if you really want to teach students about being a team, what inclusion looks like, and so on. The vocab words that I chose for this book are welcome, it's in the title, discover, diversity, and adversity. And last but not least, the fifth idea for tying literacy into your back to school plans. And that's using and teaching various listening and speaking skills. Now I have found, especially as a literacy coach, I have found that most literacy classrooms target reading and writing very often. Great. However, listening and speaking skills are often neglected. Yet they are so important to success in really any field. Therefore, back to school season is the perfect opportunity to introduce some of these skills. Now, side note, especially if you're looking to add some, add some technology into your classroom, you should consider using Flipgrid so that students can watch themselves practice these newfound skills and even critique each other's videos. Now, for some ideas on mini lessons, you there are so many to choose from. Of course, you can look at your standards for your state, but I wanted to give you some ideas to start you off with. Whether you're teaching a mini lesson on tone of voice or pacing, eye contact, volume, or even nonverbal communication, I would really encourage you to tie these mini lessons into either team design challenges, like I mentioned earlier, or even some of those uh, turn and talk collaboration strategies. As you can see, literacy does not have to wait until you begin your curriculum. It can start as soon as day one. As you've heard me say time and time again, I fully believe that the first few weeks of school can either make or break your entire year. It is crucial to focus on those routines and procedures to ensure you have a successful year. This includes the routines that you plan on using to support your literacy instruction. Now, if you're looking for additional routines and procedures that you should include in your back to school plans, make sure to tune into my previous episode during my last back to school season because I go over the 10 must teach routines that will help make sure you start the year off right. As always, feel free to shoot me an email, melody at learningandprogress.com. And there is a hyphen between each of those words, learning and progress. Shoot me an email if you want to brainstorm or if you have any questions. I would love to collaborate with you. I so appreciate your commitment to the profession and to your students. I am honored to be part of this group of teachers and I truly enjoy our chats. Next month, we will be diving into the world of the science of reading. I will introduce you to all five components and teach you what they look like in both a primary grade and an upper grade classroom. The first podcast episode will go live on Sunday, September 3rd, 
And if you prefer to read, I will also have a blog post on the subject that will post on Saturday, September 2nd. Until we meet again, remember to keep learning.